You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about my biggest takeaways from interviewing all the professional coaches and players that I have on my previous 50 episodes of the Volleyball by Design podcast. And we're going to get into all the lessons and big takeaways that I've learned that I've actually applied in our college gym to see results. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 51 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How you guys doing out there? So I want to say we've had 50 episodes in the podcast so far, and I'm actually late on dropping this one. I normally drop all my episodes on Monday of the, the beginning of the week, but today is Tuesday that I'm dropping this episode, and there's a reason why. But before I get into that, I just want to welcome you. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the Volleyball by Design podcast. So if you're a new listener, welcome to the pod. Hoping to drop some value on here for you today so you can take it right back to your gym and apply it right away. And if you're a regular listener, uh, welcome. And, And you probably realize, wait a minute, Monday came and there was no new episode. And there's a reason for that. Well, uh, if you haven't seen it on my Instagram already, but uh, my wife and I were very, very fortunate enough to welcome into the world our newest member of the family, uh, Tristan. That's our son's name. So we had a baby boy. His name is Tristan Brian Singh. Uh, yeah, it was actually my wife's idea to have Brian be his middle name, and I thought that was that was a really nice gesture of hers to keep you know my name my name going on and you know long after I go on. So uh, that is um. That is why I couldn't drop the episode. And you know what's really funny? So I'm sitting in the hospital and, you know, it's like normally, normally I record the episode Sunday so it can be ready to go for Monday. So Sunday, my wife actually, was it Sunday? Yeah. So Sunday, my wife's water broke and I was, I was, I wasn't thinking about anything, right? My wife's water broke, boom, go to the hospital, get checked in and all that stuff. And when I had a moment to think or I had a moment to catch myself, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't record this week's podcast episode. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a chance when she's resting to record it. Now I was literally going to record it on my cell phone. Uh, forget the audio quality or my mic. What I was going to record my episode, I was, we're going to record it on my cell phone and then just upload the, uh, the episode just like that. Okay. It would have been very, very informal. But with all the adrenaline, with my wife obviously needing me by her side and not me wanting to make sure that I'm focused and I'm dialed in in that moment, uh, Sunday went by and I didn't get a chance to to record the episode. So then I said, you know what, Monday, Monday we'll record it. So Sunday, baby boy was born. Uh, Sunday at 12.50 p.m., baby boy was born. So that was exciting. Right, so baby boy. So Sunday, my mind is all over the map, right? I thought I could do it, but I, but I, but I couldn't. So Sunday, baby boy was born, and then Monday comes around, uh, and I'm like, maybe I can do it today because today we're gonna get discharged from the hospital. It's gonna be great, and Monday I could do it. And I didn't get a chance to do it Monday. Um, unfortunately, it was just I was just too busy, and I'm like, you know what? This is gonna be the first time probably that uh, it's it's just not gonna happen. Like it is what it is. So 
so Monday, uh, I came home, thought I could, rec- or sorry, yeah, so Monday we came home, we got discharged from the hospital, I thought maybe I could get it done and get it in, didn't happen. So long story short, it is now Tuesday, and I am recording this episode, but it's okay, we got a, we got a, we got a new baby boy out of it, so I'm sure you guys can understand and appreciate that. Um, but yeah, oh, you know what, actually, I think I got my dates right, I think my, no, my wife's, my wife's broader, uh, water broke Saturday night, never mind, my wife's, my wife's water broke Saturday night, and we were in the hospital, and Sunday, so we, she was in labor for quite a long time, and Sunday at 12.50 p.m., baby boy was born, and then Monday, I thought I could do it, but we came home Monday afternoon, and then now it's Tuesday, so there you go, so we got a healthy baby boy, Tristan Brian Singh, uh, really cool, I'm excited, uh, so now we have a daughter and a boy, and apparently, I don't know if you guys know this, but the nurses were telling us, hey, you, you have the, the million-dollar family. So apparently, if you have a boy and a girl, it's considered the million-dollar family. Um, I didn't know that, but I mean, hey, you know, it, it is what it is. So it was exciting, exciting time. Uh, you know, my wife's doing well. Everything went okay with the baby. No, no complications, no problems. We seem to be okay. Uh, baby boy is now home. I think he's sleeping right now. And our daughter Vanessa is having the uh, is having a blast. She she loves them. She's taking care of them. She she does get jealous at some points though. I will say she does get a little jealous, but you know, it is what it is. So there you go, listeners. That's my story for you. That's why uh, we couldn't. Uh, I couldn't drop an episode on a Monday. So I hope you forgive me. But I mean, I think you will, right? Yeah. The um at the end of the day, uh, we welcomed a new child in the world. So that there you go. So let's get into today's episode. All right. So I was ex- I was excited. You know, I thought so. Yet yeah, last week. Um, I launched our 50th episode and super excited by the way. Oh, and I've also extended the contest. I don't know if if you didn't realize. So Sunday I was supposed to announce the winner, um, but I didn't get a chance to promote it much on my Instagram and stuff like that because, you know, I was all baby, baby, baby. Uh, so I've extended the contest to, uh, Sunday, June 6th. All right. So I'm going to announce the winner then. All you got to do really simple. Just go on my Instagram, take a look at the post, uh, that I made for the contest and you just have to, uh, uh, you have to like the post. You have to make sure you're following me, and you got to tag two coaches. Um, whether you put it on your story or you put it on your feed, you just got to tag two coaches um, in the comments. Tag two coaches in the comments, and then put it on your story or your feed, and tag me in it. And that's it. So like, make sure you're following me. Tag two coaches in the comments, and then make sure you share it on your story or your feed, and tag me in it. And I'll just select a winner on Sunday, or it'll be randomly selected. Um, and then the winner gets a. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to get three months free of Digital Volleyball Academy, which I think is pretty cool. Three months free. You could you could really, really elevate your game in three months, especially with all the resources and things we have inside DVA. You can really do damage in three months. So three months free, and you get a one-on-one coaching call with myself, which uh, I, I, don't even, I don't really do them. Actually, I, I don't do them. I only do them occasionally for any kind of promotions that we're doing. So you get one-on-one where I get to really sit down with you and you know walk, talk you through whatever problem or specific thing you want to discuss, and we can you know get some get some answers out of there. All right, so that's the contest. Make sure you uh, you do it. It's great. Even if you are a current DVA member, I still do it because if you are a current DVA member, then you're just going to get three months free of your next uh, your next billing will be void for three months. So there you go. Okay. So I've been talking for a while about nothing with the episode, but it's kind of like my life. That's okay. You know what? I like to digress sometimes, and it's, it was a good. You know, it's a big part of my life, and I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, I I've, I love absolutely love the show and I love my I love listener my listeners and I love you guys uh you know I, I appreciate you guys tuning in so yeah I'm kind of babbling right now it, there's a lot of emotions going through my body it's, it's it's weird it's fun it's fun but it's definitely strange I'm normally more used when it comes to doing these these podcast episodes but that's okay all right so uh let's get to the episode shall we we are going to talk about 
the three, the three big takeaways uh, that I had, and I've interviewed over the last 50 episodes, I've interviewed a ton of coaches and players, professional, university, all that fun stuff. And I wanted just to talk about the three takeaways that I've taken away from all my interviews with um, all the you know top pro players, pro coaches, and so forth. And maybe hopefully it can give you some value. So it's gonna be a very specific episode. All right. So the first big takeaway that um, I want to share with you is planning. Now, every single takeaway that I'm going to share with you, uh, it's something that is absolutely crucial. And it's something that I actually have planned and used in my gym and have seen results from it. So maybe you've already been doing this. Good. Check mark. Or maybe you haven't been doing this and it's something you want to try. So believe it or not, planning, when you put your thoughts to pen and paper or you know keyboard to, to computer, whatever you want to call it, you can really map out how your program is going to look. And when I talk about planning, I'm talking about not only seasonal planning and practice planning, but also off-season planning, player planning. There's so many things that go into, you know, a volleyball season. And one of the, and for me, like, you know, one of my, John Spraw, as you guys know, men's national team, uh, Coach Glenn Hogue as well, men's national team for Canada. Um, they both do this quite a bit. A ton of, the, the amount of planning that they go through, uh, it's beyond me. And I didn't realize how important it was until I got a chance to, you know, work with these great coaches and, um, and get mentorship by them. So, um, you gotta like, you know, when, and you're always planning, by the way. So, like, let's talk about seasonal planning. So, seasonal planning, you're gonna do in the off season. You're going to plan out, uh, you know, what does your preseason look like? What does it look like before your season starts? And honestly, like before your first tournament, if you're a club coach or a college coach, if you have tournaments before your games, what is your what does it look like? And you know, a lot of coaches, um, and there's no right or wrong answer to planning, but it's important that you do plan and have a plan in place. You know, uh, Coach Glenn Hogue, for example, a men's national team for his Turkey, he coaches professionally in Turkey. He go he goes nine weeks out before any competition. So nine weeks is when he starts his team to get back in the gym, start doing their you know their lifts and their routine, their ball work and stuff like that. And then he progresses. He has three phases. Three weeks is one phase. Three weeks is a second phase, and then three weeks is a third phase. So he divides it up into three phases, and they go through their um their you know their prep work and stuff like that before the season. Uh, Coach John Spara. Uh, that he has his own uh, way of planning uh, for, you know, they have to go on because with, with the NCAA, you guys have your own different rules of when you can get in the gym. So normally it's player ran and then before coaches can actually come in and, and the stuff like that. But regardless, there's a plan in place. Like um, myself, for example, we do a training camp, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about a number of times. We have a training camp. So once this, once the team has been finalized, once we have our open tryouts, because every university and college has to have an open tryout, um, we go do we go away to a, a separate location and we train there. We do a lot of team building, team bonding, a lot of classroom sessions, a lot of excursions, a lot of court time, and you know it's a whole experience for the athletes before the season even starts. And then on top of that, you want to plan out your season. You want to plan out what what does your team look like in the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season, in the end of the season. What kind of team are you going to have? You may already know majority of your team. If you're a high level program, you are, you already have your team in place. Whether you have tryouts or not is irrelevant. You already have your team in place. And in that case, you can start planning accordingly. Uh, you know, what, what you look like in the beginning, middle and end, what are, what are you going to put in place? 
What are you going to focus on? What are, your, what are your team's weaknesses and strengths and stuff like that? You are going to write that out, going to plan it out to make sure that uh, you have, you know, you have the right approach and you're ready to go. Um, don't wing it. Right? And this was, I, I made this mistake and I still see a ton of coaches, not even a small percentage of coaches. I see a ton of coaches make the mistake of going into tryouts with not, not without a plan. Oh, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to have a tryout. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All right, here's the team. Now we're going to, let's, let's just work on passing because everyone wants to work on passing, but there's no long-term plan. It's just like, you know, planning on the, you know, the, the day of or the day before or whatever the case is. And you can't do that. Unfortunately, um, you know, I, I wish you could, but you can't do that. So that is what seasonal planning looks like. Practice planning is part of seasonal planning. Now you don't actually have to uh, do a practice plan for every practice at the beginning of the season. No, no, don't do that. Plan a couple weeks out, right? Or even or even one week out. As long as you're sitting down and you're actually, I I was one of the, I guess I was a pessimist when it came to practice planning. I was like, listen, I don't need to write it out. I don't need to have a plan in place because I know what I'm going to do. When, at the beginning of the season, you're going to work on serving and passing and then slowly transition to more ball control and game play and stuff like that. That's just what I knew. And not to say that's not true, but when I started using you know pen and paper and planning out my season, I started noticing gaps in which I could maximize and maybe things that I didn't need to do because it was all laid out for me. And what's even really cool about the planning stage is that as you're going through the season, you may realize, ooh, this isn't working out. I need to adjust. I need to you know figure out this and that. And then because you have a plan, your plan can now change. It can alter. So I really want to make sure planning is a big part of your programming. As a coach, you have to do that. In the off-season, you should be planning. Now, what I like to say about the off-season, now this is part of planning, is planning for your education for yourself. Make sure you're still learning. I still learn. I still take courses. I still attend coaching clinics and symposiums and stuff like that. Make sure you're doing that too. All right. If you're a member of Digital Volleyball Academy and you're off season, you should be inside DVA quite a bit watching the tutorial videos and the, and the live trainings that I do. Watch them all because you don't need to listen to a live training once. You need to listen to it twice or three times because you're always going to learn something new. And I got a ton of live training inside DVA based on based on offense defense system serving like so many things so go and watch those videos watch those live trainings more and more the live trainings i think are 45 minutes long so go watch them and if you're not part of dva sign up for dva get on the waitlist or go to your own um, courses and and seminars and stuff that you can attend to maybe in your region you guys have them but that's important to continue to elevate and um and learn it's really big it's a big part of coaching so that is that is probably one of the biggest takeaways um, with plan because so many things come from planning. And you know, I've talked about efficiency quite a bit as a coach and as a player. Efficiency is really important, and one of the one of the ways to be more efficient is to plan, so you can maximize your time with your athletes and minimize the wasted time that always happens when you have a two-hour practice and you just waste time or you didn't get to something or, or things happen because you didn't plan enough. All right. So first big takeaway, planning, all right? Now, my second big takeaway, um, again, this is more from, you know, high-level coaching, uh, co professional coaching, et cetera, is player profiles. Uh, this isn't something that I used to do on, uh, until actually, I, I'd say the last maybe four or five years, I started doing player profiles. So player profiles is basically at the beginning of the season, actually, you can do this anytime once you know who, what your team is. So if you already know what your team's going to look like prior to the season, you're going to create a player profile for each of the players. And it's going to have, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses, 
Um, maybe maybe you would even go. So what we do is we even go more into depth of we put their birthday on there. We like we want to find out you know their hobbies, their things, their dislikes, their likes. Like we have an entire player profile because uh, you know part of being a coach, your job is making sure you have a great relationship with your players. And I'm not saying that they have to like you, even though I mean it's easier if they like you. They have to respect you. That's for sure. But you showing interest in their lives, you know, when it's their when it's a player's birthday on your team, are you doing something to celebrate that? You know, it could be as simple as get them a, a cupcake with a with a candle and say happy birthday. You know, recognizing your players is significant, significant, and that comes from the player profiles. Also, understanding what your weaknesses are, what, what sorry, what their weaknesses are and what their strengths are, so you can put together a plan. For again, it goes back to planning, right? Put together a plan for them uh, so that they can improve during the season and you can monitor them, which is also important. You can see their progress. So with our player profiles, you have a, um, you know, uh, let's say a player needs to work on their passing for whatever reason, right? Well, you now, based on the player profile, you set a plan in place to monitor their passing. When you when you have your coaches meeting with your, with your coaches, like for me, I would make sure my one of my assistant coaches who's uh, more, who's, I could say their responsibility is more on the passing side, I would be like, okay, you know, this player really needs to work on their passing. This is where we want to see him. Here's the plan in place for him. And we do that for every single player. Now, the crazy thing is, is that before I did this, I mean, not to say that I didn't train our players efficiently, like I was working with them, but they the results, because again, I'm, I'm results driven. The results were night and day. They were so much better when we had a plan in place for each individual athlete because we can monitor it and track it, right? And I mean, I know you've, you've, you heard me talk about... Um, you know, our, my metrics and statting practices. Well, that's important because because we're able to stat our athletes in practice, such as, you know, their passing scores, we're able to put that on our plan, right? And monitor our athletes and make sure that their passing is improving. So that goes on the player profile. So really important to have a player profile for yourself. I would even, um, for your own coaching development, have a profile of yourself too. Make sure you, you are aware of your weaknesses so you can address them and focus on them in the season and, and, and so forth. So it's really good to, to do that for yourself as well, okay? So planning, 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 player profiles. Player profiles are really, really, really important. And my third one, I'm only, I'm only gonna give you my top three, okay? Um, there's, I've learned a ton of things from all these coaches, a ton of things. But, uh, but I'm just gonna give you my top three because I think those are... Those are the ones that I think if you start implementing right now, and I think a lot of people don't implement these, but the minute you do start implementing them, you will, um, you'll be, you'll be far greater. And I, you know what, to tie into the player profile, I, I, I briefly talked about it was statting your practices. Um, that's something that I, I, I learned significantly from our mentors. And I, I, I used to actually, to be fair, I think I, I did a lot of it myself too when I was younger. It's one of the things that I picked up pretty quickly. Statting your practices are really important because then you can give measurable feedback. I'm big on measurable feedback, which then your players will have a number they can associate with their performance and have a goal to improve on, you know? So it's, it's not, you know, saying, oh, you, you passed well today versus saying you passed a 2.1 today. And you know, the 2.1 has a lot more merit than you passed well today. You know, there's, you can improve on the 2.1, but how are you going to improve on you passed well today? You know, so that's kind of, that's why we stat our practices. And that is how we update the player profiles based on how we continue to go. Now, if you're by yourself, coaches, don't, you know, I know this may sound a little stressful because how are you going to do all this? Don't don't stress yourself out. You can create a simple player profile or you can create a more vigorous player profile. Like for me, yeah, we have I have the luxury of having five assistant coaches. Right? Five? Yeah, five five yeah, five assistant coaches. 
and or four. No, it's four assistant coaches. Sorry, it's five of us in total. We have I have the luxury of doing that, and um, you know because of that, I'm able to you know uh, have. The, uh, the ability to run like more rigorous profiles where I can monitor their passing performance and their setting performance and put those on the player profile so we can see their progress. So I, I'm fortunate where I have the luxury of doing that. Now you may not, and that's okay. Um, you don't need to do that. So don't stress about that, but you can do something simple, like maybe just passing, have one, have one goal that you're going to improve um, that player's performance on and monitor that. Okay. Or get a parent to help, you know, lots of things or, or get a volunteer. I don't know. I know it might be out of your hands, but that's that. Okay, the last thing, the last thing we're talking about is, and this is really simple, and you all are going to say, I already know this, coach. I already know this, but I, I, wanted, I just want to paint the picture for you. Serving and passing. Okay, serving and passing. Really, really, really important. Now, what do I mean by serving and passing? I mean, oh, that everyone says we pass, 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 but make sure you are actually focusing every single practice on ball control and passing. It, it shouldn't, it, you have to. And remember how I kind of led it by starting about statting? This is where that comes into, into um, play because you're now going to specifically work on the skill, the fundamentals, the, um, the platform, the angles, the repetition, the making sure that they're getting it, but you're going to focus on it and serving. Now, more so than anything, the serving one was interesting because um, at the time of this recording, uh, Volleyball Nations League is going on. Right now, I, I may actually do a separate podcast on my biggest takeaways from the Volleyball Nations League. I think I might. Um, it's it's really important that you know when you look at the Volleyball Nations League, the teams that are winning these matches are the best serving teams. Like that is the one skill that's standing out to me more than anything. When I watch these matches, serving teams that are committing errors on serving versus teams that are serving extremely tough and getting aces and putting teams out of system. And that's when they start going up by that two to three point mark and they, that's it. And they don't come back because the other team can't side out serving. How, how often are you working on serving? Now, I mean, specifically working on players ability to serve. Are you, I, I talked to a lot of coaches and a lot of coaches when they're working on serving, they're just, okay, guys, go serve. And they get serving pads, serving reps. But that's only for a couple minutes, five, 10 minutes, and then they stop. And then when you do drills and servings involved in drills, a lot of coaches, and I used to be guilty of this myself, punish players for missing serves. Now, here is the thing. Everybody is going to miss a serve if they're trying to serve with a purpose, and that is to get an ace or take a team out of system because it's a tough serve. It's not an easy, just get it over type mentality. It's a tough serve. And with that, errors are going to happen. And if they're making those errors in practice and getting penalized for it, you're not going to have a strong serving team. It's just not going to happen because that player who gets penalized for making errors in practice, you think they're going to go out on the real game and the real time and and basically give their best on their serve. No, they're going to make safe serve to make sure they don't get an error. So we want to promote serving with intent and letting the, the like letting the players make those mistakes. As long as they're making a mistake, but they're actually serving with a purpose, that's okay. All right, the re- what, I ha- what I have a problem with is that they're just blasting the ball without any intent and they're hitting the back wall and that's a problem. Yeah, that's, that's when we have an issue. But we need to work on our serving with not only allowing them to make mistakes, but having them serve with a purpose and having them find what their strong serve is. So are they a float serve or are they a spin serve? Whatever they have the ability to do, go all in on it. Go all in on it and make it a weapon. Serving is the only skill in our game that we have full control over. I don't know if you, I, I think I've said that before, but do you realize that? You know, passing, 
we don't have full control over setting no full control over because they're getting a ball from a passer hitting got to get the ball from a setter blocking nothing right serving it's you and the ball and the net that's it you have full control of serving so we need to maximize our players ability to be a strong serving team because you can win games by being a strong serving team and to be quite honest that's a difference in vnl right now the stronger serving teams are the ones that are winning because of their ability to score off the server or put the team out of system and uh and, and get and get those points so as coaches i want you to take away from that last point is to really don't just have them serve without a purpose go in there have them serve with the purpose of developing that really really good serve stat those serves um now for us we stat speed so we want to make sure our spin servers are serving at their top optimal level in terms of speed and when we track them we want to see that speed increase over the course of the season so they're getting better they're developing that serve to be stronger and when you have a serving team look out because it is going to be very very difficult for a team to be able to uh come at you and uh and win all right all right so those are my three big takeaways that I wanted to share on this episode and I can guarantee you apply just one of those takeaways to your gym or yeah, you're going to get better. And even if you are doing these things, coaches, I can sit back and, and self-reflect and analyze these three things, your planning, your player profiles, your serving and passing. Are you actually maximizing those to its fullest potential? And if you are, great, continue doing what you're doing. And if you're not, I would I would challenge you to, to look at it and see what you can do with it because it can it can significant. And I'm telling you this, I'm not, I'm not over-exaggerating. It will significantly change your program and the effectiveness of your team. When I started implementing these things, our results went through the roof. I wholeheartedly believe that our results went up because of implementing these things. So do that and you'll be set. All right. Don't forget, check me out on Instagram. Um, and sign, do the, uh, do the contest and you can get three months free of DVA and a one-on-one coaching call with me. All right. Uh, Instagram is there. Just make sure you tag two coaches, make sure you're following me and then share it on your story or your feed. And I'll announce the winners next week, Sunday, I believe I said the sixth, I think it is. Um, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I really appreciate it. Um, and if you're not on uh, Digital Volleyball Academy's list, go, sign up for the waiting list. Doors will probably open another month or so. I'm probably going to open doors again another month to welcome our new coaches in. So you can really grow and, uh, and, and get access to myself as a coach and the mentorship and our community and all those great things. All right. That's it for me. Thank you so much. I do apologize again for the late episode drop, but it is what it is. Uh, baby boy is now in the world. And I'm going to, after this, I'm probably going to go play with him. All right. See you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.